Hey everybody, welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Stav. And it's Griff. And today we're going to be recapping week two of the NFL season. We're going to dive in from Thursday night football all the way to the doubleheader on Monday night. A lot of things happened. Players went down. Some upsets even. Some of our teams won. Some of our teams lost. We'll go over our locks of the week as well. And just two of us. So what do we say? Let's do it. I mean, this is the greatest time of the year. Best slate. Great week. Let's get into it. All right, everybody. We're going to be diving into the week two slate of games starting on Thursday night. We had a very good matchup turned out to be between the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. Or was it? The Eagles still took them down, um, and there's been a lot of issues on that Minnesota Vikings squad, and it translates to their records. Stav, I mean, looking off this, we are obviously know what the Eagles are going to be doing this season, but I feel like I had a bit higher expectations for the Minnesota Vikings, and starting off 0-2, um, I mean, that's the worst it could possibly be. So where do we see this ball club going? Well, they can go in one of two directions, obviously. Uh, early season struggles aren't really too uncommon especially for teams with a new defensive coordinator and dip and moving parts all around. They moved on from Phelan, who was a veteran presence in that locker room. So a lot of power dynamic has shifted in Minnesota, and we're starting to see a little bit of a power struggle in Minnesota right now. You know, I guarantee Justin Jefferson isn't happy there right now. Obviously, you're 0-2. You can't be too happy. Obviously, with the departure of Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison is expected to step into a bigger role and he has yet to actually perform. So I expect the Vikings to pick up their play. I think that their offense is very good. Um, They just need to get rid of the stupid mistakes. And Kirk Cousins played an excellent game on Thursday night and no one's going to really talk about it. He threw for four touchdowns. He threw for over 300 yards and he took care of the football. They had a few turnovers which were caused by fumbles by receivers or Alexander Madison. Pretty sure Madison had two fumbles himself, and they had a fumble on the punt return. So it's tough to win in a hostile environment when you're turning the ball over consistently. That's what happened with the skill positions in the Minnesota Vikings, hence them falling to 0-2. Yeah, I mean, it's a team that's given up over 21, 22 points a game, and that's not good for an offense like this who you're going to go out and expect they get four or five touchdowns in a game with how electrifying Justin Jefferson is. And obviously, or I mean, honestly, how good Kirk Cousins is. He's a good ball player, and he went out there, he threw four touchdowns. Justin Jefferson hasn't gotten in there yet. It's just been a a, a very tough start to the season for the Vikings. They need to get that run game going. That's what made them so effective last year. And even though Justin Jefferson's out there, I think he had 150 in the first game. He had 159 in the second game yards. And, I mean, he could open up that offense so much more if that run game was there and there was actually a chance of a real deep ball because he's not going out there and getting the long touchdown grabs that he needs to do for this team to win. But on the other side of the ball, it's exactly what you would expect and then some. Devonta Smith – Four receptions, 131 yards, a touchdown. A.J. Brown was upset with the amount of touches that he got in this game. Boo-hoo, you're 2-0. And DeAndre Swift had 21 carries – or 28 carries, excuse me, for 175 yards and a touchdown. Maybe the greatest game he's played 
in the NFL? Yeah, that I can remember. I think, obviously, I think that's his most rushing yards in a game in the NFL. And I think his last performance kind of similar came three or four years ago. And I kind of want to talk about A.J. Brown a little bit here. That's selfish, what he did. Because DeAndre Swift is dominating the game. Devonta Smith is dominating his matchup. It just so happened that you weren't getting the ball, but your team was dominating and your team was winning. And then when you started complaining, that's when Minnesota started to come back into this game. So if you're A.J. Brown, who I'm pretty sure is a captain of this uh, Philadelphia Eagles team, that's not how captains should behave. Well, even if he's not a captain, that's not how veteran leaders should behave. I'm sorry you're not getting your 10 receptions and 115 yards and two touchdowns. Your your teammates are dominating. Jalen Hurts was playing well. He had one bad interception. Um, but DeAndre Swift had a career game. Uh, Devonta Smith almost had a career game. And what are you complaining about? Your team's winning. You're you're about to be two and zero. What are you complaining about? I don't. I don't like selfish play, and especially out of a team that's winning and you're demanding the ball too. You're winning with the scheme that's happening right now. If you're losing, okay, I guess things could be a little bit different. You know what I mean? Where it's like, all right, shit, we're down 21 nothing right now, and I'm not getting the ball. I'm pissed off. That's how I would think of it. But you're up. They were up 27 to 7, right? Or something mm-hmm. along those lines. They were up big in this game because AJ Brown was complaining at the peak of that. So I don't want to see what happens if they hit a lull in the middle of the season or they go on a two game losing streak. And if he's not getting his targets that he wants, what's going to happen with A.J. Brown and this Philadelphia Eagles team? And this is what he signed up for. I mean, he knew where he was going, and this is such a high-powered offense. You think of guys, we mentioned DeAndre Swift. Not only is he on the squad now, but he had a career day. And Devonta Smith as well. And, I mean, a, a guy that is a major part of this team and has been for years is Dallas Goddard, their tight end. And, Trust me, in the first two games, he hasn't done shit. I haven't been fantasy, so yeah. I haven't seen him complain at all. That's obviously probably one of their captains. Um, but, I mean, no, you're right. This is just ex- exactly what like you shouldn't see from a veteran guy who's been around and has done as much as he's done. Yeah, it's annoying to see, to be honest. And I think A.J. Brown's on Diva Watch. The inside five diva watch AJ Brown. I like, it. I like it. I like it. I like it. We can put. We'll we'll go through other people this. Uh, when we go through the rest of these games, there might be a few more names that pop up. But AJ Brown's number one on the it five yes. diva watch. Yes. All right. Next game that we have on our slate, we have the Green Bay Packers traveling to Atlanta, in which the Falcons very narrow victory. Uh, the Packers were up in this game as well, twenty four to twelve. And they just couldn't put the game away. Um, this Falcons team is sneaky good, I think. They have their they have their youth. I mean, you could say I would say this is a young, not fun, exciting team. Like they have their moments, but they're not really fun to watch. I mean, it's it gets pretty ugly out there. Bijan Robinson, though, the best part about him is that's when he thrives. I mean, he's fantastic to watch when the field is broken up and he can chop around, move around the field, go a little bit of east to west before he, you know, gets to that eventual point. He, he didn't find himself in the end zone this game, but 19 carries for 124 yards is fantastic against this Green Bay Packers defense. 
Um, and both sides of the ball. I know you mentioned the Falcons, but the Packers are on kind of on the same note with Jordan Love, a young quarterback, and they have guys like AJ Dillon in this game because um Aaron Jones didn't play. And I mean, a guy that I've never heard of in my life, Dontavion Wicks, who only had 40 yards, led the team in receiving. I have no idea where he came from. His touchdown was insane. These are two teams in the NFC that are very young and could sneak into a wild card if they keep acting like this because they're putting up points. Their defense is doing just enough. And this was a perfect example for both teams of how evenly matched up they are. Um, I want to say I got the line on the day of the game at one and a half in, in favor. favor of Green Bay? Yes. Okay. In favor of Green Bay. And I took them. And it wasn't good for me. Um, or no, Atlanta. Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta. I had one and a half on Atlanta. Yeah, the line probably switched because Christian Watson and Aaron Jones yes. got moved yes. out after we were Yes, that's when I took it. That's when I took it. I had them one and a half, though, and they won by one point. So what a spread. Um, and I do oh, – this is so quick. This has nothing to do with the game, but it kind of does. I heard somewhere people talking about how sports books – uh, are going to start using AIs and probably already have started using AIs to make this line. This is a game that makes me believe it. How did they know? The spread was one and a half in favor of Atlanta when I took it, and they won by one point. I mean, they didn't yeah. cover the spread. They won the game, and they literally only had one point to work with. Yeah, it's kind of – it's really weird. We're going to get into some weird spreads later on this week – or later on in this episode that happened in the later slate that really pissed me off. But <laughs> it's very weird how – the lines are always perfect. Um, Arthur Smith is a good coach. Yeah. He, he's doing a good job. I feel like there's not really much to say, though. You know what I mean? Where it's like, if this Packers team was like, I'm sorry, if this Falcons team was just like, dominating then i would be a lot more oh I mean, yeah we're awake it, it just feels like they're winning but it's like eh, nothing happens in those games that makes me feel other than Bijan robinson nothing well, well, you know what it is you know what it is it's the quarterback and that's what he got drafted to do is just go out there and get the ball to the playmakers which he really even hasn't been doing Kyle Pitts had two grabs, 15 yards. Another guy on my fantasy team on my other league. My two tight ends I've mentioned so far on this episode. Nobody cares about my fantasy team. But anyways, Jonu Smith had 30 more yards than him. I mean, more than that, 40 more yards than him. It, it's embarrassing. He's Kyle Pitts. He was, what, the fifth pick in the draft? But you have Drake London, and you have Bijan Robinson, and even Mac Hollins, who graduated from UNC in, like, 2012, however old Mac Hollins is. Um he went out there and had a head top. He had a crazy catch top. I don't know if you saw it because mm -hmm. our friend Stav, who will be breaking down the Patriots later, went to the game. Um, but, like, the quarterback, he's nothing to really talk about. He's not anything special, at least in my opinion. He's not going to go out there and make the big play, and that's why we're really not talking about this team. Well, the thing is, too, it's like there's not anything to talk about with them. I think. Exactly. It's just they had a last-second win against an all-right Packers team. But well, there's not really much to say about the Packers either. They, the Packers are so injured, and they're probably two most important positions when you want to talk about Aaron Jones, who was their leading 
receiver last week, I think, and leading rusher. Um, and then you had Christian Watson, who's your wide receiver one, also injured. It's tough to really gauge where this Packers team is, but I, I still trust Jordan Love. I'm actually excited to see what he can do going forward for this Packers team. No, it's going to be exciting, and it was a fantastic spread. And I say we move on over here to the next game where the spread got blown out of the water. Saab, you were the only person that took this spread. The Bills minus nine and a half against the Raiders. They ended up winning 38 to 10, and Josh Allen is back. It was a terrible start to the season. Nothing that we expected from Josh Allen. He came right back, through for three touchdowns, had over 270 in the year. Going up against Jimmy Garoppolo, who wasn't bad. I guess it hasn't been bad the past two weeks. Yeah, it's just he's comparable to Desmond Ritter, where he's not going to win you a game, but he's not necessarily going to lose you it. He could, right. but he, he he's not going to take that step to win you games. And especially with Devontae Adams being out or getting ruled out halfway through the game, I believe, Jacoby Myers being out, your wide receiver one's Hunter Renfro, who's an all right player. Josh Jacobs had negative two rushing yards. And you can't have that if you're wearing a single digit uh, number as a running back. You gotta, you gotta at least give me fifty. But, that's that's one of the most fair takes I've heard on this podcast. Yeah, it, you can't have negative two rushing yards. And then to that's go fair. back to the Bills, this was a scheduled win, if that makes sense. I feel like they didn't want to give the darling Buffalo Bills two hard games in a row after what was supposed to be an excellent. It ended up being an excellent game, but with the going on the road to face the Jets and Aaron Rodgers' first game, they didn't want to give them another tough matchup. So they gave them the, the Raiders on the 1 o'clock slate at home, and they did their jobs, and they took care of business. And Josh Allen played fine. I mm-hmm. played excellent. I'm not going to lie. He just – he always makes the stupid hurdles or, like, he tries to do oh, too much. He tried to, jump, he tried to jump over a guy that was jumping. Yeah. So it's like he's <laughs> going to get himself hurt. And if I'm a Bills fan, I don't really want to see that, especially this early in the season against mm-hmm. the Vegas Raiders. This isn't even a divisional game. This isn't a rivalry game. You're going to win that game. You don't need your quarterback hurdling safeties trying to get an extra yard. I don't know. Right. And, and I think that one of the biggest things that is going to be huge for this team this season, and we kind of saw a glimpse of it, of it in this blowout, is – the running attack. James Cook came out there, ran for 123 yards. Damian Harris went out there, got a few first downs, got in the end zone, and then Latavius Murray as well. We want to talk about some old people in the league. I didn't even know he was on the Bills. But, I mean, talking about the people that run on the Buffalo Bills in the past few years, all we really mentioned is maybe Devin Singletary. But we're talking about the quarterback, Josh Allen. We've talked about how elusive he is, how much he does escape the pocket, how much he passes that line of scrimmage. And he only ran three times in this game. And that's going to be huge for this team. You're talking about his health. And when he goes out there, you expect nothing but 110% from him because that's all you've ever seen. So if you can limit the amount of times that he has to be on the move because you can have guys like James Cook and Damian Harris – get those chunk plays on the ground, that's going to be huge for this team going forward. It's going to open up a lot, and it did in this game for Gabe Davis, especially Stephon Diggs and the rookie Dalton Kincaid. Those were their top three receivers in this game. I mean, this was a textbook, scheduled, perfect, I would say almost flawlessly executed win by the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they did what they were supposed to. I'm not really 
I'm still my opinion on this team isn't really swayed one way or another. They struggled against the Jets. Um, we'll see how they do against better competition. That's kind of where I'm at with them right now. All right. The next game on the slate was another game that we had. We were all wrong with this. We had Sounds the Baltimore right. Ravens. We, were, huh? we all had the uh, Bengals beating the Ravens at home, and it didn't happen. The Ravens came out and dominated. And what, what's going on? I mean, what what is going on with this Bengals team? I mean, a whole a whole bunch of crap. I mean, it's been a tough first two weeks to open up their season. Um, and they're the only team in the AFC North that hasn't won a game. And this is, I think both me and you had them at the top of the AFC North going into the season. And yep. 0-2 has happened before. And we've seen it before. And we've seen teams get off to a slow start and pick up. And you'd expect it from this team. They haven't been able to get to the run game going because they've had two very difficult matchups to begin the season against the run. And we saw it in week one against the Browns. Terrible conditions to get the ball in the air. It just almost wasn't possible. They kind of tried to do it this game. Actually, they did try to do it. I wouldn't say it was too successful. They threw the ball 41 times. Burrow threw for 222, had two touchdowns, uh, threw a pick. I would say, I mean, that's just like an average stat line. It's that's. I would want to see a little bit more after a week one loss from Joe Burrow than what we saw. What we saw on the other side of the ball was – how we're going to expect the Ravens to play, in my opinion, at their best all season. Um, maybe a little bit better with Mark Andrews, but Zay Flowers is still cutting up, grabbed 62 yards, and he's looked pretty good, actually really good for a rookie in the first two weeks. Nelson Aguilar scored a touchdown in this game. Once again, I guess the subject of this episode is old guys because I didn't know he was on this team. I didn't know he was still in the league. Um, the Ravens ran the ball very well. Lamar Jackson threw the ball, didn't throw a pick. It was just, I mean, it was an AFC North game. I, this is my AFC North game of the week, official. Yeah, uh, Hig- at least T. Higgins got some receptions, and he scored two yes. touchdowns as well. But you can say the same about Jamar. Yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase, he still hasn't really done much, and there seems to be a lot of controversy as to what this Bengals offense play calling is doing right now. Every It seems as if, the receivers and Joe Burrow want to air it out, throw it deep, get the ball to their playmakers' hands, and the offensive scheme isn't necessarily allowing for it. Um, it's tough when you pay Joe Burrow to be, you pay Joe Burrow the most amount of money of all time. You expect results immediately. You expect him to go out and win games, especially these close divisional games. And now you're zero and two in the division. Um, this bang, I'm not really worried about this Bengals team. They'll figure it out, I think. But it's just tough to see right now that they're struggling literally immediately after paying Joe Burrow all this money. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of – the way that I see it is – remember how we used to like kind of – hence the, the Madden curse. It's like, oh, this guy's on the cover. We know he's not going to get it. Um or have a good year or whatever. I kind of see this as like a little lull. It's like Joe Burrow has his expectations are through the roof. He's the most paid player ever. And he has to go out there in the toughest division in the NFL and grind out wins. And that's what he's been doing 
the first few years, that's why I earned him this contract. And it's not going to be a cakewalk every year. It's actually, it hasn't been a cakewalk once. He got hurt in his rookie year. He made it to the Super Bowl the next year in a season where he was battling injuries and had to fight to get into the playoffs. And last year was the same ordeal and a tough loss. And it's not going to be any different this year. It's just the way that they started this season is a little bit worse than they've started it in years prior. I think we should expect around the same version of the Bengals we've seen the past few years. I don't think that they're going to make the Super Bowl, but I, I expect them 100% in the playoffs. Maybe they win a game. Maybe they win two games. Who knows? But I, I could see them getting there. Um, and one day on this podcast, we will be talking about a Bengals win. Um, who knows if – if it may be next week or in two weeks, we may never know. But um, I would love to talk about a win from my squad as I guaranteed you the Seattle Seahawks would not only win, um, but win big, a big game, um, overtime game. When these two teams play, I say it every time they score a lot of points. And was I correct? Yes, I am the man. Gino is the man. Um, I'm so happy. This is victory. I, it was victory Monday yesterday. I thought it was still Monday. Just an absolutely awesome game. Um, and I, I don't prey on injuries, but Jameer Gibbs was my second round pick in my dynasty league. Nobody cares about my fantasy team. And David Montgomery just got hurt. So I don't prey on injuries, but from a revenue viewpoint, that's good for me. Um, the Seahawks win the game, obviously. Just awesome. Kenneth Walker is electric. I love it. Um, DK Metcalf, I do have to say, just he's got to take a step back and calm down. And when all else is lost, there's only one man that can pull through for us. Tyler Lockett sealed the game, scored two touchdowns in this game. He he knows how to get the job done. The first touchdown was awesome when he crossed the field and Gino put it on a bucket. Kind of reminded me of an old quarterback here that now sucks. Now he blows and he plays in the AFC West. Tyler Lockett, though, to seal the game with that little uh, comeback route towards the uh, towards the sideline was just beautiful. That's textbook. Those are two textbook vintage Tyler Lockett plays. I do want to say one more thing. This is my team, so I'm fully covering them. Um, I don't love the defense. There's a, there's a few bright spots, and Devin Witherspoon, in my opinion, had a good game. He gave up a few receptions. But he had a few good pass deflections, a, a few good balls defensed. Um, but Tariq Woolen going down with an injury. Um, Kobe Bryant looking like he has no idea what he's playing out there. And when in doubt, Bobby Wagner to seal up the run. It's it's just a foolproof plan. It's been like that for years. I'm so happy that he's back. That's all I got. Yeah, I really don't have yeah, I really don't have much to add to that. I think you talked about everything perfectly. Let's and move on. Some. Yes. Let's <laughs> move on to the next one. All right. I think it's time that we talk about if we're still a bolt up podcast because this team fucking blows. This Dude, team it's too thick and thin, though. Because we started in well, the thin. So why would we leave when it got thin again? Well, you, I'm saying from my perspective, as a member of the podcast who joined after it was declared that we were a bolt up podcast, I. I was on board for a little bit, like, for certain games. But, like, this team just never does it for me. And I feel like they have a lot of problems that 
can't be addressed during the season, if that makes sense. Um, I agree. This is a Chargers podcast. It's written in stone. That's fair. Um, but you don't have to root for him, but at the end of the day, it is it is a bold podcast. You don't have to be a fan, but it is a bold podcast. I'm not, I'm a Seahawks okay. fan. I'm like the Chargers lost, my heart's not broken, but it is for I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> um, the Chargers fall to the Titans on the road in overtime. Um it's just, it was, this was one of the games that really didn't pique my interest. Uh, Justin Herbert does his thing. He consistently does mm-hmm. his thing. Eckler was out. Joshua yeah. Kelly really couldn't pick up the slack. No. Um, Keenan Allen does his thing too. It's just I hate to see these highly paid players not make big plays. And that's what we're going to continue to see with J.C. Jackson. Khalil Mack is old as fuck. And Joey Bosa just never – He's not making plays. Yeah, I saw him in the backfield. I saw him in the backfield once in this game. I saw Khalil Mack in there a couple of times in the second half after I I didn't even notice him on the field in the first half. Derwin James is the only person not there doing anything. Kenneth Murray hasn't been terrible to start the season. But this defense is one one of the worst products that we've seen the Chargers put out in a few years. And there's a lot of reasons for it. They've been just trying to keep their guys and they can't, they have to know when to move on. Khalil Mack, like you said, is old. I mean, it's about, he's ran his course. We tried to do a little thing with him. I don't think that we should keep him, especially if we have Joey Bosa, we have that guy that can go out there. And then there's other guys like Sebastian Joseph day who have been forced into a D tackle spot who I could see get moved out to the side here and there. If they were to get rid of, um, Khalil Mack in the long run. There's just a lot of different things that they could have done in the offseason to increase that defense. And I'm not a big fan of the coaching over there either. I just, they're so focused on that offense and they're so focused on how analytically sound they should be on offense that they don't give a shit about anything else. They don't care about the, the heart part of football. They're all about kind of the numbers and Heim Bloom should maybe be their general manager. Um, if that's how they want to continue going through this course, because this is pretty much the Boston Red Sox. It's, it's embarrassing, but this is what it is. They're 0-2. They're going to end the season, maybe with nine wins, maybe 10, maybe 10, maybe eight. And we're going to be like, oh, damn, like another down year for Justin Herbert. He could have won MVP this year. He has all the weapons. And we, what's his name? Quentin Johnson didn't do anything in this game. And he's not going to do anything all year. It was a terrible pick by them. And we all knew it. He's awful. He stinks. He always yeah. stunk, and he played in the Big 12 and was only good because Max Duggan had more heart, which the Chargers don't care about. So this is why the Chargers suck. First off, you're playing the Tennessee Titans. It's the Tennessee Titans. That's a, that's a layup. That's a win for the Chargers. That should be a scheduled win for the Chargers. I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill should not have looked like um, – Derrick Henry in this game, he, he he couldn't get tackled. He was in he was in the backfield the whole time. He was in the pocket. He didn't get touched. It was embarrassing. Derrick Henry only ran for eighty yards. I thought they did a decent job against the run, and then before you knew it, they busted one long to Traylon Burks for seventy yards. And I mean, it, they didn't really have any momentum throughout the game. That, that's what this team struggles with: is momentum, the emotions of the game. You know what I'm saying, like. They are not emotionally connected to the game like every other team is because they're so focused on the numbers and going forward on fourth down. It's been like this for years. And Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach, and 
they've regressed defensively since he's gotten yeah. there. Uh, Every year. He's, he's on the major hot seat. If they And they have the Vikings coming up this week, and that's going to be a high-scoring game. Both of those teams need this win. So this game feels like it's going to come down to heart, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And I don't see it out of the Chargers. And that's an 0-3 start. And I'm pretty sure they have the Chiefs week four. I could be wrong with that. Um, I'm going to pull it up right now. But if you start off 0-3, after the expectations for the Chargers are kind of at the high, at the peak as, as to what they will be, um, it's going to be tough to bounce back when you're 0-4. I think that's when Staley gets fired. Week four, they have the Raiders. That's a scheduled win. If they lose that game, Staley will be fired. Yeah. We'll stamp it. We'll stamp it. If they start off oh, who do they wait? Who do they play week five? Do you have it up uh, still? I'm pulling it up right now. Nice internet. So they play the Raiders um, in week four. They have the Raiders week four and then Staley gets fired after that. They have a bye week five. And then they have bye who do they play week six? Oh my god, this is lining up perfectly. Who do they play week six? The Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Dump everything you have on the Chargers on Monday Night Football after the bye, after they fire. That would be perfect. That would be the Chargers would win that game against the Cowboys. No doubt in my mind. If if Brandon Staley's not their coach for that game, they will win that game. That will be my lock of the century. If if stop, if you call out what just happened, it'll be my lock of the century. And I know. it's gonna They're hit. They're gonna fire me going into the bye week. They have an early buy. Oh my god! That yep. if that happens, we have to clip this and date it and yep. put it on socials because that that'd be a crazy shout. No, but it, it could happen, and it, and they will. I'm not saying cover the spread. I'm saying money line. They will win that game. Um, and you want to talk about a team that went out there and won a football game? We'll talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers improving to two and zero. Baker Mayfield for the first time two and zero to start a season in his career. Um, Justin Fields. We want to talk about some expectations and not meeting them at all. Justin Fields, how about that to start the season? And the Chicago Bears, their run game, who we thought was going to be up there for the top of the league, did not look like that at all. DJ Moore did his thing in this game, but other than that, it was all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield over 300 yards, threw for a touchdown. Rashad White did his thing in that Tampa Bay Bucks defense. They haven't left. They're still here, and they've proved it throughout these first two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um Mike Evans just continues to dominate with every single quarterback that he's played with. And Baker Mayfield is the perfect quarterback for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. There was a lot of questions. There were a lot of doubters on Baker Mayfield going into this season and this Bucs team, probably from us too. But he's proving everyone wrong up to this point. He's taking care of the football. He's getting the ball into Mike Evans' hands, into Chris Godwin's hands, and they're making plays. And they're winning games. And in a weaker NFC South, but up to this point, with two teams being 2-0, or three teams being 2-0 with the Saints, with the Falcons, and obviously with the Bucs, yep. you need to have a guy who can go through adversity to lead you through these tough divisional games. And they have the guy in Baker Mayfield who's tough-minded, who can get them through this game. And I just wanted to shout out Baker before we moved on to the game of the week that wasn't the game of the week with 
the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the Jacksonville to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. This was a stinker, and it sucked that it was a stinker because I thought this game was going to be sick. We all we all did. I mean, I thought this was maybe had the potential to be the game of the season, and I had the over. I had the Jaguars. I had ETN getting into the end zone. Who else did I have? I had Calvin Ridley getting into the end zone. I had Travis Kelsey getting into the end zone. So shout out for me there. And then I also had Pacheco. Pacheco, none of that happened. Literally none of that happened except for Travis Kelsey. And he was like minus odds at that point. It was just, I mean, do you want to call it an awful game or do you want to call it a great defensive game? I don't really know what to say because these are two teams that you expect a lot more from and we didn't see it at all. No, I, I wouldn't even say it was a great defensive game. Yeah. Bad game scheme-wise, and I just think a lot of mistakes did Jacksonville win. Jacksonville should have won this game. 100%. They went 0-4 in the red zone. People sometimes count field goals as red zone wins, but when you're facing the Kansas City Chiefs, you're not going to win by kicking three field goals in four red zone possessions and not converting on one of them. Um, That's what did the Jaguars in, and they couldn't really do anything after that. And the Chiefs obviously welcomed Travis Kelsey back and with open arms. Same thing with Chris Jones. Kelsey made an immediate impact by scoring. But this Chiefs offense isn't really looking what we expect to them to look like. And a lot of people gave all the credit in the world to uh, Andy Reid for this offensive scheme. But we're seeing how important the enemy was to the success of this offense and the development of Patrick Mahomes and the development of some of these younger players into this offense. And now that he's in Washington, this offense has a lot of work to do. Um, They're sitting at one and one. You'd rather have work to do and have a win on the table and beat a tough Jacksonville team on the road, but they got some work to do. I mean, it's just, a fact that where are their weapons? Thank God they have Travis Kelsey back. Hopefully they can get him some more touches going throughout the remainder of the season. A um, whole lot of time left, obviously. But guys like Sky Moore and guys like Justin Watson, those aren't guys that should be leading a Super Bowl team and receiving week in and week out. Isaiah Pacheco, like we said, he's good, right? Like he's a good running back, but at the same time, he's a seventh round running back. And we want to talk about this running back market and how replaceable these guys are. There's, uh, I hate to say it, but like there, there's other running backs in the league like that, like that can go out there and give you 70 yards and maybe a touchdown here and there. Like, that's just how it is. They don't have like a, a star guy like Isaiah Pacheco. I don't mean to talk down his name. I actually love him. I'm just saying he's not like a pro bowler, right? Like he's not a superstar. Travis Kelsey's that guy. They had Tyreek Hill. They had Tyreek Hill. And that's the conversation that everybody's talking about. They're trying to find the replacement in Sky Moore, maybe in Kadarius Tony, who didn't look as bad in this game in week two that he did in week one. But you're right. Since the enemy has been gone, we didn't think they would skip a beat, and we've seen more than that happen to this offense. They've been very lackluster. Patrick Mahomes throwing 300 yards is like something that just automatically happens. And I would compare Herbert's 220 to this Mahomes 300 where it's just like, where did all of those go? He threw two touchdowns through a pick and you won 17 to nine. I mean, it's a win, like you said, regardless against a team that you might meet later down the road in the playoffs. And it, it, you, you didn't look good. You didn't look good at all. Yeah. And we're not saying that they're not going to figure it out and that they're not, it's just the early season lulls. Um, 
getting everyone back in the groove. Maybe it takes a little bit longer with the new offensive coordinator. But um, this was an ugly game and a disappointing game at that. Yeah, and just a lot of quarterback issues. And talking about quarterbacks, we got some rookie quarterbacks that uh, went up together in the AFC South uh, between the Colts and the Texans. We actually saw a rookie quarterback go out in this game. Um, and we saw Gardner Minshew step up after Anthony Richardson went out. But when Anthony Richardson was in, it was electric. It was awesome. It was everything you've ever wanted. Um, Stav, it was your lock of the week, 2-0. and oh, So I'll let you take it from here. Um, This might be a weird shout. I might get clowned for this. But Anthony Richardson right now reminds me of what Cam Newton did in Carolina in 2011. I've heard that a lot. Um, I'm not saying that he is Cam Newton, but the way that they play the game, um, I don't want to say with reckless abandon, but you're going to get those extra yards. You're going to be tough to tackle. And Anthony Richardson's throwing the ball pretty damn well, too. He had two touchdowns before he left in this game. But then Gardner Minshew put on his best Mariano Rivera hat and came in and closed the game, shut him down, and he had a pretty good stat line as well. Um, This Colts team... I think we should kind of put in the frisky category. They're they're all right. Like, I know they don't have Jonathan Taylor right now, and that whole situation is tough to talk about really at this point because we don't know what's going to happen come week four. But if I'm Jonathan Taylor right now, it's like, huh, maybe I do want to stay here and just play out this year and see what happens because I can only imagine how – this offense is good right now without Jonathan Taylor, but then when you insert him back in that offense and you have guys like Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce making plays, Anthony Richardson, if he can stay healthy making plays, this team could very well sneak into a wild card with an easier schedule in an easier division per se. And um, Anthony Richardson, out of the core three rookie quarterbacks out of Bryce Young, obviously Anthony Richardson, like we said, and C.J. Stroud, he looks the most pro-ready. He looks the best. Hence me picking them for my lock of the week this week against C.J. Stroud. Um, It's unfortunate Anthony Richardson left early because I really wanted to see what his final stat line would have been, how he could have closed out that game. But, um, yeah, 2-0 in lock of the week. It's a good start, and I don't don't plan on turning around anytime soon. (laughs) I knew knew you'd throw, throw in something there. But with Jonathan Taylor in this offense, it would be crazy. They run a lot of zone. They run a lot of uh, read option plays. It, their their run game has been fantastic at the beginning of the season. They're doing it with Zach Moss, who ran for 88 yards and a touchdown. And having Anthony Richardson, who can do so much on his feet as well, would be incredible to watch a, a read option between Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. That would be one of the most unstoppable read options we've probably seen in the NFL. It, it, it's a shame that we can't see it. And we want to talk about how we weren't expecting this from this team. I mean, the own team wasn't expecting it because their star running back wanted to sit out. They, he didn't want to play with these guys. And it, he, in my opinion, is starting to kind of look stupid, especially if they keep doing what they're doing. Hopefully Anthony Richardson is good to go for next week. And I think he will be. Yeah, I hope so as well. Um, the Colts have an interesting matchup next week. I just had it up. Um the Colts face the the ESPN app sucks. The Ravens. So this that's a that's a test. That's a test for the Col- the Colts. If they can 
figure out a way to win that game, I might put a future on them to win the division. To win the Super Bowl? No division, not the Super Bowl. They won't. They won't go fucking sniff the Super Maybe Bowl. the Super Bowl. I'll throw like ten bucks on it if they beat the Ravens I, by. Yeah. Like if they beat the Ravens by fourteen, I'll throw a future on them to win the Super Bowl. All right. If if they beat them by fourteen, you're gonna put more than ten on it, though. Yeah, I'll throw fifty bucks on it. Deal. Shit. That's a crazy deal. Yeah, we're shaking on that. If they beat the they beat the Ravens by, we'll we'll get we'll get back to that. Um, <laughs> speaking about betting, I hope Sean McVay really considers his actions, and the league holds him accountable for what he did at the end of this game. Uh, the 49ers beat the Rams 30-23. to 23. Some may say, what's wrong with that score? What did McVay do to get Stavro so pissed off? Well, the spread was eight. Based off of box score, you're like, oh, sucks that the 49ers didn't cover if you took them. Well, they should have covered. With five <laughs> seconds left, Sean McVay throws out the field goal unit down 10 to make it a seven-point game. And you're telling me he had no idea what the spread was? Go fuck yourself, McVay. Like, that's just stupid. There's no there's no justification for kicking a field goal there. Zero. Because by the time the ball goes through the uprights, the game's over. Like, hypothetically, if you throw a last-second touchdown, whatever. I wouldn't – I'd be mad – but I wouldn't even be like as mad as I am yeah. about this field goal because it's, it's a sad field goal. Why are you kicking a field goal down 10 to make it a one possession with no time left? What are you trying to like go down seven for you fucking asshole? <laughs> uh, Anyways, Puka Nakua has been setting records in the first two weeks of the season. He's been someone that's been awesome to watch. Uh, I looked up a little bit into his story. He started at Utah, which if he carried on and played all four years at Utah and did what he did here, that team would have been disgusting the past two years. Um, but he ended up transferring to BYU where he gained a little bit more success after COVID. And he kind of just took off from there. He was a fourth rounder, I think, this past year to the Rams. And when Cooper Cup went out, he was the third string wider series, barely getting in there. And comes out in week one, does his thing, comes out in week two, does adds on to that, and out there setting records. I think he had like 20 – in the upwards of the 20s receptions in the first two games. It's insane. It's kind of like how I was with assists in 2K last night. Um, but, I mean, it's been great to watch. He's been very exciting. He just, like, gets open. He doesn't really do much with the ball when he gets it. When he has a little bit of space, he, he – he, has a, a little bit of a bag, but other than that, it's just getting open, and that's what he does. His longest reception was 20 yards, but you have 15 grabs for 147 yards is very good. Yeah, he did his thing. Um, he's obviously, like we said, he's setting records, which is just very unexpected out of Puka Nakua. And on the other side of the ball, the team that won the game, the 49ers, are just continuing to prove why they are supposed to be the best team in the league. Uh, this 49ers team is just awesome. And Brock Purdy missed a lot of throws as well. So this team still put up 30 points. Christian McCaffrey did his thing on the ground. He was rushing. He had a big rush, 50 yards. Uh, Debo Samuel got in the end zone. This team is fun. This team is – this defense is great. Um, which, uh, you know, they, they faced the Cowboys in a few weeks. I hate fucking jumping ahead. But that game, that's going to be the game of the year. 
that has to be at this point. But it was tough. The Rams, they're whatever. I'm not really too concerned about the Rams if I'm you, especially as a Seahawks fan. But there's not really much else to this game other than fuck you, Sean McVay. Let's move on to the New York football Giants traveling to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Um, this was the toilet bowl declared by us. It ended up being a pretty good game, but the Giants suck and they won, and the Cardinals suck and lost. Um, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm not happy about this game whatsoever. The Giants were down 28-7 to against the Arizona Cardinals, and they, they snuck out. They ended up winning. Daniel Jones had a few rushing touchdowns. Uh, Saquon Barkley had two total touchdowns. But he ended up leaving the game early with an injury, which sucks for them. He's going to be out. They're saying he's day-to-day. Some may say he's going to be out two to three weeks. We'll we'll be monitoring that. But the Cardinals, there's nothing really bright about this team. And the same thing with the Giants. The Giants have taken so many steps back. It doesn't seem like there's anything really to look forward to for the next two to three weeks until Saquon Barkley returns to this team. Um, it it was it was a terrible game, but I think I drew this up perfectly. This game, except for the result, I said it was going to be a close game. I said it was going to be a good game because both teams were bad, and I said it, it was going to be a very very well refed game, and it was. Yeah, it was an excellent, perfect officiating. Some may say, um, the perfect scorecard. All right, nothing really else to say on this game. Let's move on to the Fox game of the week, which. And not really, it didn't end up being the game of the week. We have the New York football Jets traveling to Dallas to face the Cowboys. Cowboys were favored by nine, and they covered, and they covered with ease. The Cowboys are legit. I'm putting my legit stamp onto this team. They continue to take care of the football on offense, and they're winning games through defense. This defense is disgusting. I know that you're saying that people are saying, oh, they just faced Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. They just beat up the new, on the New York teams. They did what they were supposed to, and they did more. Micah Parsons, you know how people say that Trent Williams is the best player in the NFL, just like all around? I'm putting that stamp on Micah Parsons. No one does what he does. Micah Parsons is a game wrecker. He affects the game more than any other player I've seen this up to this point in this year. Obviously, it's only two weeks, but I'm putting the legit stamp on the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he hit the quarterback six times. He grabbed four tackles, had two sacks, and three tackles for loss. That That's, I mean, how, how are you going to win a football game? How are you going to put up points if one person on the defense is doing that? What he does is insane. And, I mean, he's – we talked about it when talking about, uh, like, our predictions with who's going to be defensive player of the year. I didn't have him going this year, but he's going to go on a long streak of winning deep boys back, back to back. It's going to be insane. And – the Cowboys need to keep up doing what they're doing. I don't expect it to be honest in the long run. It's just the Cowboys. I think that they'll win the division, but there's just something about Dak Prescott. I just don't believe in him. Yes. Sauce Gardner should have had a pick six. Uh, He ended up dropping it, but I mean, if Dak's taking care of the ball, this defense is good enough to carry that team and they have enough skilled players around them as CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks when he's back, Tony Pollard, Deuce Vaughn got a lot of reps as well. That offensive line is solid too. That's a powerhouse. All right, next game, Washington Commanders traveled to Denver to face the Broncos. 
Um, Broncos suck. Your favorite team, Griff. Your favorite quarterback. Yep. Um, you love Russ. You let him cook. What's that's wrong? Why, that's why I was the only one that gets his game right. True. What's wrong with this team? The first half, Russell Wilson and the Broncos look great. Week one and week two, and then the second half comes and they fall apart, and they lose to an inferior team in the Washington Commanders. Um, the only thing that I do want to mention about this Washington Commanders team is how good the defensive line is. And that's that's what we should be expecting from this team, and it's something that they've been building on for years, and we haven't really seen it yet. They haven't really been able to maintain – their defensive line in terms of health and they've gone through a couple of quarterbacks. They've kind of kept the same core for targets on offense and the defense. They've just been waiting for everybody to be healthy and they still aren't, you know, they chase young was out there and there's still a few guys that are looking to come back and and a few guys that are out there, but not a hundred percent. And Sam Howell is just going out there and winning football games. It's kind of fun to watch him play, especially with Brian Robinson in the backfield taken over as that premier back um this team is fun and they're playing in a pretty tough division in terms of you have fit in there you have dallas in there you could sneak into the playoffs if you have a great season but they're beating the teams that they should be beating right now yeah absolutely all right next game the miami dolphins traveled to new england and they beat the patriots um where do I want to start with this? It just feels like it's the same thing over and over again. I feel like this trend of heartbreaking losses started in 2020 when the Seahawks beat the Patriots on that Sunday night football game when Jamal Adams stopped Cam Newton one yard short. We've just had so many goddamn heartbreaking losses that as Patriots fans were used to winning those games. And Obviously, you're going to have a close loss here and there. But the fact that they don't have any close wins sucks. Um, Mac Jones is 0-13 as a starter when the defense lets up over 25 points. And yeah. that's a bad stat. That you know, Regardless of how you look at it, that's horrible. No, it, it, it's rough. And the games – and Mac started the season pretty good. And the games that are like this and you want to go out there, it feels like it's just one step, like almost one play away. That's what it feels like for this team. And we saw it in this game. They get the ball back, what, down seven? Yeah. And can't really make anything of it. They couldn't get the, the ball moving on the ground that well. I would say a big reason for that is it was almost like, especially in the second half, you're playing catch up the whole time. So you couldn't really run the ball in the second half. You're trying to get those big chunk plays. When you dig yourself a little bit of the hole, you got to have a guy or two that is almost like a security blanket, someone that you know is going to get the job done. And who, who would that be for the Patriots right now? We don't have anybody. The only guy on offense who can create separation was DeMario Douglas, who got benched in the first quarter after he fumbled. Um, Mac Jones is so mediocre. Like, I like Mac Jones. He's all right, and that's it. He's all right. And he can't do anything with the weapons that were given to him. And he had a bad interception in the red zone. But other than that, he played a pretty solid game, especially in the second half. That first half, we couldn't establish the run. Our offensive line is makeshift. You're missing three out of your top four starting corners. And Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, they 
didn't really kill you. Uh, Christian Gonzalez had his first career interception, which was a great play. He's been very solid. Yeah, uh, you look good. But I, Griff, you're you're unbiased with this. Can am I stupid for still thinking that Tua doesn't impress me? Like every single week, I just feel like he doesn't do anything that any other quarterback would do in that situation. I'll 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 put it I'll put it like this. Um, I guess you could say I agree with you like 100 percent because this is how I'll put it. I think Matt, if you flipped who was the quarterback for each team in this game, if you just put Mac Jones where Tua is, he would have that exact same stat line. If you just put Tua where Mac is, he would have a very similar stat line to what yeah. Mac had in this game. I I kind of put him in that same category where maybe there's a few other quarterbacks like that. They don't really come to mind right now, but there's just a few guys that. Maybe Desmond Ritter is going to become that if he gets more time. I still think that he's a few steps below those two. But it's just like, I mean, it depends on who you have. And you have Jalen Waddle and you have Tyreek Hill and Raheem Moser ran for 120 yards in this game. If you can just get them the ball, then the numbers will go up for you and you'll look like a hero. But, no, he doesn't really do too much. Yeah, he doesn't have to do too much. I mean, exactly. Mike McDaniel is an offensive genius. The schemes that they develop. Uh, to get their guys open, sending Tyreek Hill in, in an illegal motion that no one's really noticing. It that's he does Griff. Okay, is that motion illegal or am I just fucking tripping? I thought you were not allowed to bend your motion before the snap. I thought I thought it was. Did they call it a legal motion or was it? Are you sure it was a legal motion or no, was they it never called um, it? Or they didn't they call it. They never call it on Tyree Kill, but every single play when he goes in motion. Oh, when he kind of like curls it. Yeah, I thought you're not allowed to do that. That's the CFL rule. Yeah, it's more of like a, I guess it's a judgment thing where it, it has to be like a full step. So like if he starts the turn and then it's like hike, it's, it's quite, I mean, it depends. He's the quickest guy on planet Earth. So it's kind of like hard to judge him. If he took like two or three like solid steps, kind of look, think about it like a travel. Yeah. Like you got a little bit of his euro in there. If he if he if he took a few more steps and made it real blatant, they would call it. But there, other than that, they, they let things slide. They have been in the past few weeks. They've been letting things slide in the NFL. Yeah, except when it comes to um, first downs. Yeah, they hate I mean, first downs. I really don't even want to talk about that, just because it's like you don't have to. We can move on to my lock. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, talk about where. Wins. I mean, Which was an all? That was an all-time text. I thought that I was sitting there. Dude, I thought I had it. I thought I had it because I put, I put a lot of money, um, for for my units, a lot of money on the Saints minus two and a half, and I thought that's what I took it on the podcast. I was just gonna. I usually take whatever numbers I have. I'll adjust it if it changes, um, or if it gets harder for me, I'll take it so I can keep those odds, but. I had him at two and a half. So I was like, oh, I thought they were just two and a half. And I hit the bet. So I texted. I was like, oh, let's go. Like, that's my lock of the week. I just hit it. So that was what I was basing it off of. Um, but the the spread was at three. They ended up tied or pushing the spread. They won 20 to 17. I'm 0 1 and 1 on lock of the weeks. And it's not a loss. It's not a loss. So I, I guess, you know, I'm on pace to win next week. Yeah, that's what's important. I want to talk about paces. I'm on, I'm about to be the 1972 Dolphins and was about to be the 
2016 or 17 Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. Will's 0-2 with the Chargers. But the Saints still went out there. They won the game. Um, the spread, they they covered the spread. They won this game. They won this game. In my opinion, there is never a doubt. Um, they the, the Panthers ended up yeah, they 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 scored 11 points in the fourth quarter. They covered the spread. Woohoo. Let's move on to this next game. In the final game of our beloved week two, uh, two Monday night football games. We got one between the Browns and the Steelers. And I mean, this was just a oh, this isn't my AFC North game of the week because it was just a shit show the whole time, in my opinion. It was I hate sloppy. it. It was sloppy, but good defensive football. Um, the Steelers' defense was flying around. They made a lot of great plays. They scored two touchdowns, uh, intercept a pick six, and they got a fumble recovery that ended up winning them the game. Um, yeah, it, it was just kind of sloppy. And if we're gonna, if we want to talk about the highest paid quarterbacks, when you give Deshaun Watson the most guaranteed money of all time, and he goes out and he really has not played well in his first six games or so for Cleveland, he's done terrible. So they got to figure it out. And Stefanski's on the hot seat, too. Yeah, no, definitely. And going one-on-one to start the season isn't really too bad for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I guess that's kind of where we saw them going. And this is a tough loss to the Steelers, obviously. But this is a game that they should have won, in my opinion. Najee Harris has looked terrible throughout the first two weeks. Expect Jalen Warren to get a lot more touches. George Pickens had a career day um, against a pretty tough Browns defense. And the, the story of the game in my opinion, was just how much Deshaun Watson couldn't do. And he kind of matched Pickett's stat line, which is not what you want from a guy that's making as much money as Deshaun Watson is. Um, Nick Chubb got hurt in this game. That was also huge, obviously. Oh, Jerome yeah. Ford kind of came in and stepped in big. And they, they know how to run the ball in Cleveland, no matter who's back there. But Nick Chubb would obviously probably have added a touchdown. They probably would have won this game with him. Yeah, yeah. Um... Sucks to see Nick Chubb go down. He's out for the year. That was kind of the common theme with running backs this week. Is everyone was going down like flies. Um, it's unfortunate. I hate to see stars in the league go down, and especially with the recent news about running backs. It's tough to see. And Kareem Hunt is actually visiting the Browns right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up signing him back today, hence me using the waiver claim on um, I, I that wasn't a thought. It was an IQ move by me, by the way. I did that this morning before anything was announced. I'm like, huh? Every I, I thought to myself, somebody I didn't drafted him in my dynasty league. That's a good pick, and it was great. I thought, I thought to myself, I was like, so many running backs are being hurt. Kareem Hunt's still available. Someone's gonna pick him up, and it might so happen to be the Browns, which is the perfect scenario for him yeah maybe the rams yeah uh, Kyron williams is doing his thing in la but yeah he's yeah. a fuck about my fantasy team or my waiver claims or mine or, mine or anybody's but stav congratulations on two and oh uh yep. lock of the week uh like we said i'm 0101 will is 0 and two that's gonna do it for this episode um we will be back later in the week um saving my special surprise for later in the week so be excited for that We will catch you guys on the next episode, and peace. Peace.